World War Biden. I rather like that title, World War Biden. If there ever was a war that could be said to, to have been started by one man, like the movie trailers, in a world that needed a world war to revive the military-industrial complex economy, one man. <laughs> you can hear Mike Zients doing the voiceover for that one man. It's Joseph, and this is what history is going to call him, because all serial killers get three names. Joseph Robinette Biden. Remember, Biden was Obama's man in Ukraine. Biden was Obama's man in 2014 when the legitimate election for a president in Ukraine produced a president who at least didn't hate. And when I say he was friendly with Putin, I get hate mail. You, you, you didn't research. You don't know. He wasn't a man. He just, whatever, dude. He didn't hate Putin. He certainly was pro-Russian as in he had Russian familial ties. And the CIA was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, we got stuff buried there. Uh-uh, that guy can never get to Kev, never start opening top-secret classified files because we got bodies buried there, and they got rid of him. People are still puzzling like the Grinch over this. They're puzzling, they puzzle. There's no puzzle here. We were developing biological weapons and antidotes, you call them vaccines, to biological weapons in Ukraine. Look, someday they're going to make documentaries and a biopic about me. And this is one of the things they're going to say that Mike accurately predict, predicted and knew, somehow knew, years before it would be discovered and admitted by the U.S. and English governments, that Ukraine was the center, the world epicenter. Everyone thinks all the bioweapons of the world are being made in Wuhan, are being made in China. China, as Trump would say. The bioweapons facilities are in Ukraine. By the by, this is one of the things that the Russians must know. The Russians have to know this. And they also must know that blowing one of those places to kingdom come might start an actual pandemic, a biological event. Might help explain some, some of the rules of engagement that Putin's always being second-guessed for because the civilian targets and other targets are off-limits. In any event, I want to do this headline to start this discussion here today, and then we'll do some digital media files. A Russian victory in Ukraine won't end the war by Mike Whitney at uns.com. Yes, I know that Ron Unz 
has turned out to be a vaccine crusader. What is so funny? Let me in on the joke, Mrs. O'Connell. <laughs> All right. Uh, behind uh, uh, Mike Whitney writes for the UNS Review, and we've been using Whitney as a source to get actual information, uh, not fifth estate controlled opposition media reporting on what's really going on in Ukraine. And as we have been telling you all along, the Russians are systematically winning that war. By the by, if the Russians weren't kicking Ukraine behind, why then would Zelensky be going on international television begging and pleading for new bombs, money, and armament tanks to be sent to Ukraine? Does that make any if 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 the Ukraine if you if the Ukrainians are on the verge of victory, as Fox and CNN and all the rest of them keep telling all their audiences, why do they need so much? Why the why the beg and plead festivals? Why is Zelensky out there poor mouthing? Why is he saying the soldiers are being overrun by Wagner now? Ooh, the Wagner mercenaries. You mean the Ukrainian army is being beaten by a band of mercenaries? I thought the Ukrainians were the greatest, most skilled and adroit at killing people, fighting machine in the history of skilled and adroit at killing people, fighting machines. But not John Kirby, though. Regime spokes stooge. They're going after Wagner. We're going to stop Wagner from doing business all around. Ooh, we're going to sanction Wagner. Ooh, that'll scare them. You know, the rest of the world goes, No, not that. Don't sanction us, Marika. This is neocon drivel here. This is Decepticon rally the troops drivel here. I'll play you some of it in a minute. Behind Washington's desperate appeal for tanks and other lethal rep weapons for Ukraine looms the nagging prospect that Russia's winter offensive may have already begun in the south where heavy fighting has broken out along the line of contact in uh, the Zaporizhia or Zaporizhia region. While the information from the front remains sketchy, some analysts think this is at the UNS review, UNZ review. Uh, analysts think that Russia is planning to send its troops and armored units northward in order to block vital supply lines and, and trap Ukrainian forces in the east. A Russian blitz northward would likely be synchronized with the movement of a second large grouping pushing south along the Oskil River. These two dagger-like thrusts would be accompanied by multiple missile strikes aimed at strategic bridges and railway lines crossing uh, the, the Dnieper River. If the Russians were able to succeed in such an operation, the bulk of Ukraine's army would be effectively encircled in the east while Moscow will have regained control over most of its traditional territories. 
The offensive might not end the war, but it would end Ukraine's existence as a viable contiguous state. And then he links to an article in Al Jazeera. Now, most people immediately go, Al Jazeera? You can't use Al Jazeera as a source. I use Al Jazeera as a source all the time. I use the TASS news agency as a source. I use Russia Today as a source. I vet it, trying to look and see if I can verify it, but it's been more accurate reporting from a YouTube guy named Gonzalo Lira than the entire Associated Press Corps. So don't lecture me on sources. And Whitney has been pretty much accurate over the course of the entire last year, Mike Whitney at Un's Review. So this is what he quotes Al Jazeera. Moscow's forces are pushing towards two towns in Ukraine's southern Zaporizhia region. We're fighting intensified this week after several months of a stagnant front. Vladimir Orogov, Vladimir Orogov, a Russian-installed official in the region, uh, said offensive actions were concentrated around two towns, Orikiv, that's around 50 kilometers south of Ukrainian-controlled regional capital uh, Zaporizhia, and Huyipol, further east. The Russian army later claimed for a second day in a row that it had taken more advantageous lines and positions after offensive operations in the Zaporizhia region. It is daily uh, in its daily report on Sunday, the Ukrainian army, the Ukrainian army now, said more than 15 settlements were affected by artillery fire in Zaporizhia. He also said this week that fighting was has sharply increased in the southern region. And then Whitney, uh, that's the end of Al Jazeera. Typically, I wouldn't spend much time on a topic for which there is so little evidence and so much speculation. But people are following events very closely in Ukraine because they want to know what Putin plans to do with the 550,000 combat troops that are presently scattered across the theater or gathered along the perimeter in Belarus. The assumption is that Putin will use these forces in a winter offensive that could dramatically impact the course of the war. I agree with that assumption, but I'm not entirely convinced that the fighting in the South proves that the offensive has already started. Even so, the buzz on Telegram channels and Twitter is hard to ignore and could indicate that my skepticism is unwarranted. And then he gives a couple of examples here. I'm not going to just, it's a lengthy piece. I just wanted to show you that there is Another, another point of reference or there are other people reporting and writing and video blogging and what have you here about events that are going on in Ukraine that if you were to watch and read them and then you listen to what we'll play you some John Kirby and some other Ukraine US propaganda here you would, you would go like okay those two are completely irreconcilable one of them has to either, oh yeah, two possibilities. Either they're both wrong, which could be, or one of them is wrong and the other one is correct. They can't both be right because they're so opposite, okay? So they can't, the theory of non-contradiction, something can't be true and not true at the same time. 
or the principle of non-contradiction. Uh, so you have the possibility that they're both they're either they're both correct, or maybe they have a little truth in both of them, or one is a complete and t- total fabricated lie, and the other is true. So what is the regime saying about World War Three? Now, now, do you have the ten month ago clip from Biden? I do. All right, we, we, we got to hop in the wayback machine. And you had to remember, now, the reason that everyone is, is playing this particular, or linking to this particular clip, is because Biden says World War III, and if I wanted to start World War III, I'd send in tanks. That's what he says. Look, 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 look let's not kid ourselves. You start talking about World War III, you're talking about planes and tanks. What did we hear the other day? We sold shipped planes... And now today, yesterday, 31 M1 Abrams tanks. Now, this is what he said. The idea, the idea that we're going to send in offensive equipment and have planes and tanks and trains uh, going in with American pilots and American crews, just understand, and uh, don't kid yourself, no matter what you all say, that's called World War III, Okay. Hey, it was a pretty good Brad Pitt movie. Oh, wait, that's World War Z. Okay, well, regime leader, serial killer, you sent them planes. You sent them tanks. Oh, but but, but a shark plane! We're not sending America the enemy the tanks and the planes! So you're sending armaments to people that don't know how to use them? Do you really believe that? You really believe? I, I look, Biden is stupid. And these people are warmongering fools. They just like to watch things get blown up because that, 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 that's a ticker for them that stock prices and their bank accounts have gotten more, have gotten fatter. What does an FA twenty cost these days? What what is it, like three and a half billion dollars or something like that for one plane? You're going to send a three and a half billion dollar piece of hardware to a foreign country to a, to a land. The dials and everything are printed in a, in a language they don't read. The manual is printed. There is such a thing. It's printed in a language they don't read. But you're going to send them those planes. And you're going to expect them to fly them. Well, how's that going to work out? So if there is, my, my point being that if anyone is going to fly the armaments and the tanks and the planes that have been sent, it'll be American flyboys. Or at least na- under NATO command, American flyboys. Think about that for just a moment. American troops under command of NATO commanders? Or was there a war declared that we missed out on? This whole thing stinks from top to bottom. The entire planet knows it, but it doesn't matter. They're going to do it anyway. This, by definition, is what tyranny actually looks like. This is what despotism and dictatorships actually look like. What the people say or what they want, you listen in one ear and then go behind closed doors and go, ha, <laughs> Do you see that, Corinna Jean-Pierre? Those idiots actually believe us. Some of them actually believe. Some of them, some of them are actually out there 
promoting what we just, that bucket of horse manure that we just shoveled them. Meanwhile, there is an actual shooting war going on that could lead to World War III. And that's why I was asking earlier, where is Cindy Sheehan at? Where are the peaceniks? Where are the freaking hippies? Where's Code Pink? Where are the libtards gathering on the mall doing peace protests? We don't have people like that in this country anymore. You know, we have have a bunch of blue and gold Ukrainian flag wavers. Oh, it's because Ukraine's sons and daughters are dying in the war that you're cheerleading here. Your fellow citizens think this is a game of stratigo or a game of risk. What's a game of risk, all right? And who's stuck in the middle? Listen, now listen to this. You are. You and I are. Meanwhile, there's a debt bomb about to explode. New York Times. How Biden reluctantly agreed to send tanks to Ukraine. Reluctantly? <laughs> hey, that's a good one. Hey, tell it again. Tell that joke again. I want to hear it. I could use a lad this morning. How Biden reluctantly agreed to send tanks to Ukraine. Ah! <laughs> he did it again! Biden's announcement Wednesday that he would send M1 Abrams tanks to Ukraine came after weeks of tense back-channel negotiations with the Chancellor of Germany and other European leaders who insisted that the only way to unlock a flow of heavy European arms was for the United States to send tanks of its own. I guess they think we all just fell off a turnip truck. They do. Uh, can I ask a question? What are the French need tanks for, other than spraying water cannons at yellow jacket protesters. What the hell do the French need? What, what does the French need an army for? Ditto that for the Krauts. Krauts can't turn their own damn electricity on some nights. And they're going to get it. Look, they still rely on the Russians to supply them with natural gas or they will die. And so, so this is what's happening. You can imagine what's happening. The Germans are telling NATO and Biden, hell no, we won't go. We've already angered Putin to the point where if he wasn't a humanitarian of sorts, we'd have millions of people freezing to death this winter. And you want us to bomb his soldiers? <laughs> Let me see if I get this. Let me see if I get this right. She wants us to send the tanks. Us sends us the tanks to the Ukrainians so they can bomb the Russians. And so then here comes regime leader to the rescue. Now I'm going to just say this again because I truly want to know. What in the hell is buried in Ukraine that the regime and the world's regimes cannot allow it to be discovered? 
or cannot allow it to stop. They're so desperate. Are they to whatever to, to, to keep it, it, whatever it is that's buried, whether it's the pedo sex trafficking ring, whether it's the money laundering operation for the rest of the civilized world, whether it's that all, all of the world's corrupt leaders, and that's all of them, have family, friends, and clients that are all laundering their illicit crime rings, money, through Ukraine. And this must continue. But then I think about that and I go, but that doesn't make much sense to me either because Putin was happy to just, da, we want the Donbass. We want Donbass. Liberated. Russians only want vodka, peace, and liberation. Then we shut up. Putin wasn't ever threatening to invade and take over Kiev. He had no desire. He still doesn't. So uh, this remains somewhat of a mystery here before I pronounce completely on something. But something is buried there. Something is going on there that the world's bad guys seem to think. Or maybe it is that sending military aid is is, is a cover, just as a front, for just laundering the money in public now through Ukraine. And that this must continue. But if you're just catching up and you're just waking up, we have been the, the Biden regime, the Biden and Obama crime families, all the other American leader crime families have been laundering money and doing business in, in Ukraine, using Ukrainian oligarchs, cheating the Ukrainian people out of tax revenue since at least, at least 2014. If you listen to, to the Russians... They've been doing it since the early part of the 20th century. Here, I'll give you a reading assignment. You want, if you want to know what's really happening with those republics, uh, Donetsk and Luhansk and Crimea, go to YouBoob. Yes, I'm telling you to go to YouBoob. Maybe you can find it somewhere else. Go to YouBoob and put and search, search for this. Vladimir Posner, P-O-S-N-E-R, Ukraine. First video that will pop up at the top of the search is a lecture that the esteemed international American slash I guess he's a is a Russophile American slash Russian world-renowned scholar Vladimir Posner gave at Yale University in 2017, and he gives the entire history of what actually has occurred since. The 14 republics of the Soviet Union seceded, and it crumbled. Perestroika kicked in, and Ukraine was one of them. And then after years, the Russian Federation reassembled as the Russian Federation. And communism, to quote Jen Peppermanzaki, for all practical intensive purposes, was ended. Watch Posner's video. We played it for you here at the start of all about a year ago. I played you most of Posner's video, most of the audio. Mike Church Show here on the Crusade Channel, always on air, always online, live talk radio the way it should be at crusadechannel.com. So Biden got coerced into sending the M1 Abrams tanks. You know how much money that the United States has already sent? $130 billion 
for those that can't count, that's a lot of billions. That's 130,000 pallets of $1 million and $100 bills. How much was that again? $130 billion. But Biden has reluctantly, reluctantly agreed to send tanks to Ukraine. Here, you, 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 you want to hear some of the Pentagon propaganda on this? Play digital media file. Let's see here. Let's start here. Buh, 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 buh. Well, you can play with the... Uh, with, with, oh, all right. Here's the regime leader announcing his decision to play commander-in-chief. Now, again, I have to ask, under what authority... Can the president of the United States, without a declaration of war, without an even a congressional resolution, how can he send implements of war, armed implements of war, to an act of conflict without it being an act of war? Meaning, he doesn't have the authority to do it. I'm commander-in-chief. No, you're not. You're commander-in-chief. When there's a war, there's no war. Oh, but maybe there is. Well, well, well here, here, listen. Seven. Uh, yes, number seven. Today, today, I'm announcing that the United States will be sending 31 Abram tanks to Ukraine, the equivalent of one Ukrainian battalion. Secretary Austin has recommended this step because it will enhance the Ukraine's capacity to defend its territory and achieve its strategic objectives. Lie. That's not true. That is not true. They're losing. Where does it stop? Yeah, Maggie's asking a question in the background. And many of you listening and watching right, uh, right now are asking, I asked the question, when's it going to stop? Well, that has to be stopped. You know, for, for Biden to go out there going, I commit, we commit eternally to Ukraine. What the hell? Most people still can't even find Ukraine on a map. If they went, if they really, really wanted all these regime leaders wanted to crush Putin, why wouldn't they just all get together and say, "Bomb, bomb the crap out of them, get it over with"? Wait. Instead of sending trickles of money, tanks, airplanes, do you really want to win, or do you just want this to go well, on? Well, because well, because the military-industrial complex has fleeced the entire Western world for tens of trillions of dollars over the last couple of de uh, decades. We're not capable of fighting winning wars. We can make one hell of a fran hamburger franchise, and we can export that around the planet. You want a Twinkie? We can get you one of those. <laughs> I can get you one of those by 3 o'clock this afternoon. We don't have to have a reason. But you want to win a war? No, I can't do that. We can make it look like we're fighting a war, that we're in it to win it like guys and man, but we can't actually win it. War is a cover for money laundering, theft, crimes. Who is it? Smedley Butler said, uh, General Smedley Butler, I think it was Smedley Butler, said, war is the health of the state. It's states fight wars. Countries fight wars. And whether we like it or not, this is the other. You and I, I look, my passport expires in April. I, yes, I'm going to get it renew, renewed. Because I might want to get the hell out of here. <laughs> like, the, like many of you, I'm, I'm being partially facetious, but I am going to renew it. Where am I going to go to renew my passport? Folks, ladies, gents, dudes, 
babes, children of all ages. Well, I'm going to have to go the United States Immigration and Naturalization Service. I can go get one at the post office, but ultimately they're going to give me INS forms. I think it's INS. Department of Homeland Insecurity. What is my passport going to say? What does it say? What does yours say? You open it up, what does it say? It says, gives your name, date of birth, all that, a citizen of the United States. It will say what you are. You know what that means? When Biden sends 31 M1 Abrams tanks to Ukraine to go kill Russian soldiers, what does that mean? That means we, the people, the citizens of the United States, are killing Russian. A better charge play. We didn't ask for it. We don't got to vote. You don't, under, you don't understand. Countries wage wars. Biden is standing there saying, hey, Mike Church of Madisonville and Maggie... Mick O'Connell of Madisonville, Louisiana, I commit to Ukraine on your behalf. And why aren't we showing how serious we are to climate change? Why aren't they electric tanks? (laughs) 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 Yeah. Hey, you know all those bombs that we launch, uh, that we send over there to Zelensky and the boys, those all burn fossil fuels, too. These, these things are terrible for the environment. No. Um, okay. Uh, play number nine, because it's a long one. This is John Kirby. This is Pentagon regime spoke stooge. John, John Kirby, who just does what he's told to do. A useful idiot for the regime. This is John Kirby who's going to tell us. He's going to say, there's two clips. And one of them he talks about Wagner. But this one, it will start at the top. This is why if Zelensky was up here instead of me, he would tell you he wants as many. So we're supposed to do the bidding? We're supposed to do the bidding of a tyrant dictator? in a country most people can't point to on a map, so whoever the regime leader is in Ukraine snaps his fingers and the United States is supposed to, they were at its beck and call? Yeah, well, pretty much, yeah, yeah. Mike, shut up, take it. How many they'd like to have to get what they want to do done, i.e. these counteroffensives? And do you think they're gonna get there with this whole hodgepodge of different Western contributions? Um. So you're right, I'm not going to speak for President Zelensky. I think if he was up here instead of me, he would tell you he wants as many as he can, as fast as he can. Um, So the battalion that we're going to provide, that's 31 tanks, um, and that's for a Ukrainian-sized battalion. An American battalion has more tanks in it, but the way they're organized, it's about 30 to 31 tanks. 30 to 31 tanks for a Ukrainian-sized battalion, you see. A mini-me. In other words, we have, what's his name? Um, (laughs) Gru? We have Gru's minions over there fighting this war. And, of course, Gru is is Putin. I just, here, I want you to just think about this for just a moment. 
If, if you've seen the TV acting clown Zel, Z, Zelensky, what makes John Kirby or anyone else think that this guy is some sort of Patton? Who the hell is this guy? He's, some sort of, he's the new military leader for all to follow. If General Patton wants, if General Patton Zelensky, look, if Douglas MacArthur Zelensky wants us, if he were standing here right there, Douglas MacArthur Zelensky, he would say, if Ulysses S. Grant Zelensky were here now, he would say, who in the hell are these people? Don't you just want to shout someday? Can you just please make it stop? Some people may say, Mike, why do you have to talk about it? Because it matters. We're killing people. Death is final. Four final things. It matters. And then Kirby goes on to explain, we need to prepare. Now, this, I, I'm, going, I'm, I'm listening to this. I'm screaming at my MacBook Pro. I'm going like, why are you screaming at the computer, dude? We need to be prepared forever. Like, okay, what makes me say there's something buried and something that must be protected at all costs in Ukraine? Well, when you hear something like this, that's what makes me say. It's logical. Number 10. Digital media file number 10. I think we need to prepare ourselves that uh, to uh, to to continue to to have to continue to support Ukraine for for quite some time. I can't be perfectly predictive uh, on that. And I obviously, and you heard the president say this today. We'd like to see this war end today, and it absolutely could. All Putin has to do is pull his troops out of Ukraine, call it a day, and it's over. But he has shown no signs of being willing to do that. Oh, so it's um, all and so we got to make sure that Ukraine can. Now, why can't Zelensky pull all his troops out and call it a day? If I were in that briefing room and I had a, a, a press credentials, I'd raise my hand and I'd go like, why can't Zelensky pull all his troops out and call it a day? Because this is sacred Ukrainian ground he's fighting for. And this is the other big lie. And I'm going to wrap up with this because I'm, I'm physically tired of talking about it. Those regions don't belong to Ukraine. And they never have. If you go back on my Substack, sub go back to March of last year or April or so, I wrote a very lengthy piece about the Donbass. The Lugansk, Luhansk, however you wish to pronounce it. Luhansk, Donetsk. Zoporizhia and Crimea. If you look at them on a map, get a pre-Stalin reorganization or, or, or map of Ukraine, of Ukraine, and you'll see that we're telling you the God's the honest truth. Those regions are historically Russian by choice. They speak Russian. You may also, while you're looking at that map, blow it up a little bit and make sure you can see south 
to the south. Because you want to see, okay, well, why do they want to be in the Russian Federation? Why do they just want to be in their own little peaceful little countries there? Well, they want to be republics, but they want to be in a, in, a, in a larger federation. Look who their neighbor is. The vicious, malicious Ottoman Turks. Now, whether people in the West want to admit it or not, whether American and other Catholics want to admit it or not, these are our Catholic cousins. Russian Orthodox are our Catholic cousins. Yes, there is a schism. Yes, they are separated, not communion with Rome, but they are our cousins. Do you think Muslims draw a distinction between Russian Orthodox and Roman Latin or Eastern Catholics or Eastern Orthodox, the Greek church? They don't. An infidel is an infidel. So use common sense when you look at that map and go, like, well, they were independent, but they, cl they, uh, they claim to be part of the Russian Federation or Russia, the Russian uh, whatever it was under Catherine the Great, makes total and complete sense. It, it's for survival.